means the coming of. We're looking forward, and this is a time we use the next several weeks to, to prepare our hearts, uh, to remember. It's a time of thanksgiving, uh, a time of gratefulness, uh, to thank Jesus Christ for uh, coming and giving uh, his life for us. Uh, this week, the, the candle is the candle of light. And I don't have a specific reading for it today because my whole sermon is on the light, okay? Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for, again, this time to come together as a body of believers in unity, being of the same mind, to express our love, our gratefulness and thankfulness to you, Father. For sending your son. And this season that we celebrate, we, we give gifts because you gave the greatest gift at all. And we love only because you taught us how to love, Father. And as we look at your word today, it's not anything we haven't heard before, Father. It's, it's your word, and, and so often we, we use the same passages at Christmas, and, and yet, Father, it is so rich and new in meaning each and every year. So we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Many, many of the passages we look at today will be very familiar. There will be a couple that maybe you haven't heard in conjunction with Christmas before. But we're going to talk about Jesus, the light of the world. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis 1-1. Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning one day. In the beginning, God created. We, we know that with God, there is no time. God is eternal. He has always been, He is, and He will always be. We have not always been, we are not eternal. And when God created the earth and He set it in motion, He basically created a, 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 a unit called time for our benefit, not for His. But with with that time, he also created light for our benefit, not for his. Because he is light. Someday in glory, there there won't be any light switches. Okay? There, There won't be any light switches. Because God is light. And he will fill heaven with his light. He does today. We just don't see it yet. But God created, in in this context, he created time 
for us, and he created this light for us so that we could see, which sounds funny because he is light. He is the light. Okay? Turn with me to John 1. Oh, I forgot to warn you, hopefully your finger ha- fingers have their jogging pants on this morning because we're going we're gonna to be in and around the scriptures, okay? John chapter 1, verse 1, has a similar beginning as what we just read in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning. Okay? In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This one was in the beginning with God. Which one is this? This is the Word, and the Word is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This one was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him. Remember Genesis 1.1 is talking about creation. And, and they say that, well, God created it. Christ didn't have, the, you know, they, people try to separate the Trinity and say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're, they're not the same. Well, well, this is one of those passages that begs to differ. Because right here we have Christ being very much involved in the creation. All things came into being by him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower. Now, do you know that there's actually no such thing as darkness? Darkness is just the absence of light. So when you put light... Into, into an area where there is no light, where there's just darkness, now you have light. Where'd the darkness go? It's gone. Because the light is there. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overpower it. Anytime, anytime you encounter science in the Bible, it's never been proven wrong, Okay. And, and this, is, this is a pretty simple one. If you walk into a dark room, you turn on the light, the darkness is gone. What you have is light. There came a man who was from God, whose name was John, verse 6 of, of John 1. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light. He's going to tell about, he was not the light. He's telling about the light that is to come. He bears witness of the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. There was the true light which comes into the world, enlightening every man. He was in the world. The world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those were his own, did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's a couple of the names. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were, not, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
God takes an active role in those that come to him. He draws them to himself. The world became flesh, excuse me, the word, and the word became flesh. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning was the word, and the word is with God, and the word was God. In him, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 14, again, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is of higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received in grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Psalm 119. Verse 105, most of you can probably quote it. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hopefully, you, you, if you, in, in, go back to geometry in high school and the, the postulates and theorems of A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. I don't know, that's algebra and in there. Some of its geometry fits in there too. But I hope, hopefully you can see the relationship here that in the beginning was Christ. In the beginning of time as we know it, God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit have always been, they are, and they will always be. They are eternal. But in that time that was created for us, in the beginning of that time as we know it, was the Word. And that Word is the light. And that Word and that light is Jesus Christ. And that light is to show us the path. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Shows us, gives us the direction that we're to go in. It dispels the darkness so we can... There, there's nothing worse than getting up in the middle of the night because you've got to go to the bathroom and you whack your foot on the end of the bed frame. Does that hurt? Oh, I hate that. That just, that just hurts. Or you hit your shin on something else. Well, if the light was on, you would have seen it and you wouldn't have ran into it. But we need that light in our daily lives, in our spiritual lives. We need the light of the Word... We need the light of our Savior, Jesus Christ, to show us the right path. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah is, is uh, prophesying of the coming Savior's birth. And, and this is a region that the Assyrians had brought a lot of death and darkness to, to Jerusalem. Verse 9, chapter 9, Isaiah 9, starting in verse 1. 
and, and think of this as, as looking forward to the coming of the Savior for the, for the Jews. But there will be no more gloom for her who is in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Thou shalt multiply the nation, thou shalt increase their gladness. If you, if you put it in the context and understanding that where Christ is not, it is darkness. Okay? Where Christ is not, is darkness. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Thou shalt multiply the nation, you shall increase with their gladness. They will be glad in your presence with the gladness of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you will break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. There was a period of 400 years of darkness in Israel. There was no word from God because of their sin. And so how was this, this time going to come to an end? It was going to come to an end by the Savior coming to earth as a babe in a manger. That's what Isaiah is telling the people. It's, there's darkness in the land right now. There's darkness because there's the absence of God here. We, you, you, as, a, as a people, they hadn't acknowledged him. They'd turned their back on him. But he, Isaiah is saying there will be a time, and the time is coming, where there will be a child who will be born to us and a son given to us, that we will have the light. That we will have light in our nation again. And that light will be in the form of God as a babe in a manger. Then our, our country will, and, and Isaiah is saying this, our country will have light again. Over, well, more than a couple pages, but the same book, Isaiah 60. Verse 1, Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. The nations will come to your light 
and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah and all those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praise of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar will be gathered together to you. The rams of Naboth will minister to you. They will go up with acceptance on my altar, and I shall glorify my glorious house. Who are these who fly like a cloud and those like the doves to their lattice? Surely the coastlands will wait for me. The ships of Tarshish will come to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them. For the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. Now this is talking about future, future events. But again, we see that the Lord will, verse 2, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. The nations will come to your light. If we as believers, how do, I do? do Do we have something the world wants? In, in the way that we live our daily lives, how do our neighbors look at us? Man, they've got something. They've got something and I want it because what they've got is good. They're not talking about material possessions. They're talking about something in the heart. Or do they look at you and say, hmm, I see them pull out of their driveway every Sunday, and I know, I, I know they go to church. I don't really need what they got because they're not happy people. They're not whatever. They don't have joy. Why, why, why would I want that? I've got enough grief in my own life. Why, why do I want to pile on some religious grief on top of that? Do, do the people around us see the light of Christ through us? Do they see Jesus in us? Or do they see a really crabby neighbor who's always grumpy and doesn't have a kind word to say about anybody or anything? Isaiah is telling them that at some point in the future, someday, the nations will come to your light, talking about the light that the Jews have in Jesus. Back up a little bit, Isaiah 42. Beginning in verse 1, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed 
until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth, you who go down to the sea and all that is in it. You islands and those who dwell on them, let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices. The settlements from where... Kedar inhabitant, inhabits, let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. The Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal from a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. Back at the, the end of verse 6 there, I will point you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. Again, we can bring light to a dark land. We can give people hope through Jesus Christ living through us. There is no salvation in us. We can't even do anything to make people happy. But we can let Jesus shine through us so that they see him, not us. You know, in Matthew talks about that we might do good works and that the people around us would notice our good works and heap praises on our heads, right? No. That they might see our good works and glorify God. Why do we do what we do? So I get attaboys, pats on the back. In the military, it was all, always about being the airman or the NCO of the quarter. Because if you got that, that looked good on your next report. Why, why do we do it? Do we, are we looking for that pat on the back? It needs to be so that we can reflect Jesus, so that people could see our good works and glorify our Heavenly Father, not us. Salvation comes through the Lord, not through us. And our neighbors need to know and see that. Sometimes sometimes our nation has been a a better beacon of light than it is today. But that's what happens when we as a people take our eyes off of God and don't see the light. The darkness will fill a space where there is no light. Luke chapter 1.
Don't, don't let it be lost either in that passage that we just read in Isaiah 42 of, of all the joy and the celebration that is, that is part of living and walking in the light. Anybody remember, anybody remember a fellow by the name of Zacharias? Most of us probably remember his son more than we do him. But his son was John the Baptist, okay? Luke 1, verse uh, 67, excuse me. And his, being John the Baptist, his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, i.e. Isaiah that we were just in. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high shall visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. In verse 78, how many of your Bibles have the word sunrise capitalized? Anybody? What's that? Right. Yeah. The sunrise. Yeah. When, when we start listing the names of God, and this time of the year we, we think of wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. I don't think I've ever realized that one of the names for Christ is sunrise. How cool is that? Yeah, it's just one of those silly things that I've never put together before or acknowledged or that sunk in. Finally, after all these years, it finally sank through the meatballs up there and, and made a connection. Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high shall visit us, the Christ, the Savior, the sunrise the light to disperse the darkness, the sunlight, the sunrise, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet to the way of peace. What, what do we know again about, about light? It disperses the darkness. When light is presence, there is no darkness. And when the sunrise comes, we have the light. Chapter 2. A 
I'm not going to read all 12 verses, but write down, if you would, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Uh, Just in verse 8, And the same reason there were shepherds staying out in the field and keeping their watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. It doesn't say the word light, but I think we get the idea that there was plenty of light there because the glory of the Lord was there. The glory of the Lord shone round about. Now tell me something, when the multitude of angels a couple verses down came, Did it get any brighter? No. It didn't get any brighter. It got louder. It didn't get any brighter because the glory of the Lord was already there. As as I so often say in in my lousy grammar, it don't get no gooder than that. If the if the glory of the Lord was there, the glory of the Lord was there. Multitude of the angels came, it got louder. But it didn't get any brighter. Do not be afraid. Verse 10, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. Don't be afraid. But we know from the Old Testament that no man can look on God's face and live. In, in our human state, in our human form. And the, the different examples of when God would reveal himself to Moses in the different ways. Never looked at his face. But, but when, when Moses had been on the mountain with God, and he came down back to the people, back to reality, those sniveling, grumbling, idolatry people down at the bottom of the hill, his face glowed. Because he had been in the presence of God. The glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terribly frightened. It is a fearful thing to be in the presence of a holy God. Because we know that we are not holy in and of ourselves. We can have God's holiness on us because of what Jesus Christ did for us. But that doesn't mean that, that we should not be in an in a attitude and a heart of, of respect and, and to appoint fear of God and his presence. Chapter 2, we, we, we saw Zacharias prophesying to, to John the Baptist there and what his ministry was going to be. We have Simeon. I like this story. Chapter 2, verse 25. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It, it I mean, if we did nothing else in our life, wouldn't that be great to die and have that on our tombstone? That the Holy Spirit was involved in our lives. The Holy Spirit was upon us. Verse 26, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I just love the the, the way that's phrased there. The Lord's Christ. The Lord being God the Father, Christ being God the Son. And we, we, we know from our time in Acts that 
The, the, the term Christ to the Jew meant Messiah. To the Gentile, it means Savior. But that this is the Lord's Christ. This is what the Lord is offering to mankind because of our darkness. He is offering us this sunrise. He is offering us this light so that we might be in fellowship with him and have the Holy Spirit upon us. But God had promised whatever, for whatever reason, and obviously Simeon was a, a devout, righteous and devout man. He loved the Lord. He was filled with the Spirit. And for some reason, God told him that he would not die until he had, saw, until he had seen the Savior. Verse 27, he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and he blessed God, and he said, Now, Lord, thou dost, love thy, or thou dost let thy bondservant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles in the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel in a sign to be opposed. <laughs> did, you, did you hear what Simeon said there? Okay, Lord, I've seen your salvation. You can bring me home now. <laughs> I'm ready. You promised that, 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 that this shell, this body wouldn't die until I'd seen your salvation. I've seen the Christ. His parents are here presenting him in the temple. Okay, God, bring me home now. <laughs> Do we look forward daily with that expectation to our, 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 our turn to Christ? It, be, it, be it through physical death or be it through the rapture? Are we daily anticipating and looking for the coming of Jesus Christ? We need to be. <laughs> Simeon was. Simeon was. Doesn't tell us exactly how old he was. This tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit looking for the Lord's Christ looking for the sunrise, looking for the salvation that God was providing for the people because of our sin. Book of John, chapter 8. You can go back to Genesis 1.1. You can go back to John 1. This kind of sums it up. John 8.12. Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That's, that's a pretty key verse to the whole I mean, it just kind of wraps it all up in a, a real concise, small statement there. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, 
but will have the light of life. Like Simeon, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. You will have that joy of that relationship with God if you walk in the light. Um, I'm going to give you this reference. uh, Write it down. Read it later. John chapter 12, verse 46 to 50. Turn, if you would, in closing. Well, okay, not quite in closing, sorry. 1 John. (laughs) 1 John 1. Uh, 1 John 1, 5. And this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Philippians 2, have the mind of Christ. Be of one mind, not your mind, not my mind. Have I ever said that before? Anybody ever heard me say that before? If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. To be of the mind of Christ. And here's a key to being of the same mind. Another scripture verse to help us get to that point. Verse 7 talks about having fellowship with one another. Well, if you're walking in darkness, you can't have fellowship with those walking in the light. It doesn't work. So if we want to have that expectation of walking in the light, if we want to walk in that expectation of being of one mind, of, of having the mind of Christ, how do we do that right here? How do we have fellowship with one another? Walk in the light. Walk in the sunrise. Walk in fellowship with him. And you won't walk in the darkness. And when you're walking in the light, it's a lot easier to have fellowship with one another and to be of the mind of Christ. Fella, just read a real quick short story here. Uh, Even as the darkness of death was present in his sickly body, Augustine Jean Fresnel persisted in working on his powerful light. Finally, in the early 1820s, he tested the first Fresnel lens in France's Corderon lighthouse. The lens, a ring of beehive-like prisms, allowed sailors navigating dark, troubled waters to glimpse life-saving beams many, many nautical miles from land. Called the invention that saved a million ships, Fresnel's work was featured in thousands of lighthouses by the 1860s. Although he died of tuberculosis in 1827 at just 39 years old, 
The light from his lens would save the lives of countless seafarers over the coming decades. As a part of his perfect plan, God chose to send Jesus, his only son, to bring light to a troubled world. And I would, I would caution that with, with, with all of this walking in the light and the fellowship with the Father, would caution, uh, turn real quickly if you would, 2 Corinthians, and this is in closing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, since we have this ministry, 2 Corinthians 4.1, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord. And ourselves we preach as bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Over a couple pages, chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. For such men are false prophets, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan has always wanted to be equal to or higher than God, and so he tries to imitate God to be like him. Beware. Beware. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their deeds. Back to chapter 4, verse 4. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Satan is going to deceive. He's going to try to look like an angel of light. He's going to try to make it look like he's the good guy. He's not. He hates God and everything about God. So don't be, as a word of caution, don't be deceived by Satan trying to make it look like he's an angel of light. Because him and his demons are not. Their desire is to see Jesus fall. Well, it's too late. You already lost. We know who wins. We know who won, has already won. And we know that Satan is just in holding until his eternal judgment. So beware. Beware. 
2 Timothy 4, when, when Paul tells Timothy, preach the word in season, out of season. Preach the word. Because there are going to be those that are going to look for preachers that tickle their ears. They're going to listen for preachers that sound good to them, whether they're scriptural or not. So beware, people. Beware. Beware of false teachers. There's a lot of them out there. Look out. Come to the light. Let the sun rise literally every day on your life. That you would walk with Jesus. That you would walk in the light. And in the fellowship of the light, not in the fellowship of darkness. Because Satan would do, be more than happy to just cover your life in darkness. Don't let him do it. Don't give him that victory. We have, we have salvation in Jesus Christ. We have the light of the world. In the beginning, Christ was there. And he is, John 8, 12, he is the light of the world. Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for so many passages, and we, we could spend weeks doing this. But we thank you for these passages of Scripture talking about the light. We think of Simeon and Zacharias, and, and when they walk in the light that they're filled with the Spirit. Father, help us this week to, to look at the sunrise each day. That the light of Christ might permeate the darkness that Satan would want to spread. Help us to focus on you, Father. Focus on you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget, if you would, uh, if you can.